Welcome to the Send Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss horse health, nutrition, training and performance. Welcome everyone to episode 25 of the Send Nutrition Podcast. You're with your host Brian and Peter, and today we're going to talk about gastric ulcers in horses. What causes them, signs and symptoms, the medications used and the current research into side effects involved with them, and then strategies to help lower the risk of ulcers in your horse and try to improve performance and overall health through more natural ways. How are you, Peter? Brian, I'm feeling much better than than last week. Um, I'm sure the listeners can hear by my voice that it's returned back to normal, all the the zinc supplementation I've been I've been taking, so I've made a, a full recovery and feeling fantastic. Um, getting onto the hot topic, ulcers, it's something we've been getting asked to do a podcast on for a very long time. So we've had to obviously do our research, take a bit of time to, to get to the latest studies that have come out as well. So we've got up-to-date information, but it is a topic that's pretty overwhelming in regards to you know the percentage of horses that have got ulcers um, you know performance horses and and obviously um, all types of horses so we'll, we'll try to go through and just without confusing people go through the main the main issues the the main questions we've received and just try to address the whole thing so you know, everyone can understand it in in layman's terms so Brian we might just kick off and I'll, I'll quote a pretty scary statistic here um, it's been reported that 80 to 90 percent of of race horses, um, and also up to 50 percent of of competition horses, have gastric ulcers. So I mean that's absolutely huge. Um, and look, it's not a it's not a phenomenon. Basically, it's 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 what the latest numbers are. And what we need to sort of look at is well, how can we try to prevent that? Because that's an alarming high figure. So Brian, do you want to maybe kick this off and and maybe just go into um, what are the main causes of these ulcers? So the reason for these high statistics of ulcer incidents is simply due to the domestication of horses and then putting them in an unnatural setting to their sort of common environment of grazing all day and having that roughage come through their system. So the causes of gastric ulcers in horses can be caused by stress, um, a diet filled with a concentrated feed, that's high in sugar and high in starch, insufficient roughage, transportation, so the stresses involved in that, and also physical exertion, so being stressed in a competition setting, but then also just the activity of work. So with a performance horse that exhibits gastric ulcers, it can normally come about when they've got a decrease in performance or they're just not showing a good sign of overall health. Although one important thing to note is a definite diagnosis of ulcers in horses is scoping. Otherwise, you don't truly know whether they do or not have ulcers. It could be due to something else. Brian, I think at the core of the issue is that the equine stomach is designed to receive feed on a, on a little and often basis. And as a result, the secretion of the highly acidic digestive juices, the first step in a, in a digestive process, takes place continuously and in anticipation of more or less you know, a constant influx of food material. So it's not designed to get you know, four kilograms jammed at, at one sitting. It's, as we mentioned on the podcast, they're designed to, to be fed hay at lib, you know, trickle feeding, just to help um, you know, mitigate the, you know, the possible you know, formation of ulcers. 
Yeah, 100%. The, the stomach lining of the horse can be divided into two parts. So there's a protected layer at the bottom and there's an unprotected layer at the top. So when, for example, stress or exercise, it can increase that risk of acid splash into that upper unprotected layer. And then this can abruptly affect the lining and then cause ulceration. If the acid isn't buffered, then it can lead to severe cases of ulcers. The equine stomach, its capacity is only seven to 15 liters and it's naturally designed to digest steady stream of forage throughout the day. And what else is with this forage is when a horse chews, it creates saliva, which acts as a natural buffer to the acid. So when you think about with this acid splash and the contents of the stomach, when the saliva is coming in, that's buffering it so it's less severe the impact it has on that unprotected layer. So Brian, we might just touch on, on diet and the feeder management to, to prevent ulcers. So since ulcers are a condition of low fiber, high grain diets, any shift um, back towards a more natural diet you know, will reduce the incidence of, of gastric ulcers. And you know, a great example of this is, is to turn them out into pasture if, if at all possible. Um, or if not, you know, maybe give them as much hay as, as they'll eat just to try to mitigate the formation of ulcers. So if adequate saliva is not produced to buffer the gastric acid and coat the epithelium of the stomach lining, then gastric irritation can occur and lesions may develop. So when we look at an equine diet and we promote 1 to 1.5% minimum roughage, through daily, that's going to really help in that saliva production because there's been studies that show that when you, when a horse consumes hay or fresh grass, it produces double the amount of saliva than when fed just a grain-based feed, but also chaff. So when you look at your hard feeds, just because you're putting chaff in there, it doesn't mean the chewing time or the saliva production is increased it still doesn't equal the amount of saliva that's produced when given long stem roughage, and that's gonna be your best buffer and natural prevention of ulcers. And this is why we advocate, obviously, feeding hay to a horse before any sort of work. Is that, is that correct, Brian? Yep, 100%, and also in transport too. Correct, just so they can chew on something. You know, It reduces the stress, it releases a feel-good hormone, so your horse is gonna be better off at the other end. Yeah, 100%, and when when a horse is in transport or stressful environments, it's, it's kind of underrated that this can cause ulcers, but any stress caused on the horse is gonna give them more susceptibility. So when you can look at a racehorse diet and it's high incidence of ulcers, you can sort of see why. So when Pierre and I first came into this industry and looked and assessed stable diets, you would see the ulcer treatments everywhere low roughage volume, high grain, high starch, high sugar feeds. And then you'd go to a horse's box and you'd, you'd see no hay and they're just standing there with, without any feed. And the performance of a horse would be affected if kept in this environment for a prolonged period because their ulcer risk would increase. Even to this day, Brian, I think a lot of trainers that we still speak to and probably more so the old school guys still believe the more grain that you feed a horse the faster it's going to run unfortunately it's not like filling your car with fuel but you know 
the more you keep filling, you know, the longer it's, it's going to drive for. It doesn't work that way in a horse. And a lot of them have got it the wrong way around in terms of the roughage they believe is a treat and then the grain is the, is the meat and three veg. What we advocate is the opposite. You know, the roughage is the, is the meat and three veg and then you've, you, know, you need the grain aspect, you, you, know, you need the fat aspect. It needs to be balanced almost like in a food pyramid um, you know, that we believe is the wrong way around in the, in the equine industry. So any trainers out there that are sort of you know, listening to this and going, well, geez, this is what I'm doing, you know, that's what a lot of people are doing and have been doing and still are doing. But the research that, you know, that we're running into is saying, well, you don't need to feed as much grain because you've got to look at, well, what's causing the ulcer? And Brian just explained that. It's, you know, it's stress, it's, it's high grain. So if you, can, if you can limit the stress, if you can limit the high grain, but still not affect the performance, your animal will actually be running better because it's not, you know, it's not in pain, it's not, it's not stressing, it's not, you know, it's not affecting performance because you've got your diet aspect right. So um, if anyone out there you know, does want a private consult, get in touch with us because this is a very, a very long topic that we will be breaking up into parts. But just to set the record straight, you don't need to overload your horse with, with grain to make it run faster. Yeah, 100%, Peter. Because the other aspect of intense exercise is it does increase the production of gastric acid again. So when you look at horses in high performance, the acid production is there and you really wanna mitigate that volume by creating more buffer from the saliva produced. So having that unlimited forage in, in the form of a grassy hay is really gonna lower that risk of ulceration. And it's gonna, it's gonna help the horse's overall health mentally and physically. But also, it's going to limit the expense of treating the ulcers, Brian. Because as we, you know, often say, prevention is better than cure. So if you get the roughage out there, you've got more saliva automatically, and that works as a natural antacid. So you know, from the get-go, your, you know, your bills and medications are going to be so much less. Plus, you're going to have a healthier and a happier horse. Yeah, hundred percent. And also, what we do see in a lot of stables is the use of bute or or a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, um, and the problem with these are that the side effects come about with ulcers due to disrupting that protective layer. So short-term use of bute is, is okay, but in a chronic setting, you're just heightening the risk of ulcer formation. Brian, do you want to go into maybe just briefly the signs of ulcers? I think I've got, I've got four or five different points here. So we might just sort of cover the basic ones without confusing people too much. So as we all know, I mean, ulcers are pretty tricky to diagnose. You know, some horses do not show any overt sort of signs, you know, of having ulcers, where others, you know, some of their signs are, you know, horrific. The key is to watch for, for changes. You know, if your horse starts to eat more slowly, you know, leaves food, um, you know, this can be your first clue. But probably the first point is, you know, mild and intermittent colic. You know, he may show sensitivity in his flank um, or lie down more than usual. Distress after a meal, you know, where he pours the ground um, and doesn't finish pretty much all the food. And that's, you know, that's due to a sign of pain. The second point is loss of condition. You know, his hair will look dull. Um, his general appearance, you know, will not be as good as it, as it once was. Um, poor attitude is another factor, you know, maybe iterable or, or, or nervous. Poor performance, you know, Brian mentioned, you know, he'll be, he'll be unwilling to perform as he's used to, you know, he may exhibit back pain or, or some muscle pain. Weight loss, you know, can be dramatic or, or it can continue sort of throughout the preparation. Um, and yawning, you know, 
to a degree as well, probably more so excessive yawning. Was there anything else, Brian, that you wanted to add? Um, with all these signs and symptoms of ulcers, they can be a combination of something else going on, on with the horse. So as we touched on before, a definite diagnosis of ulcers in horses is via scope. But if you do see these changes and then get the foundations of your diet right, try and limit that time where they don't have, a, have roughage and try and lower the stress level within reason in work and in transportation, then if they're still showing these signs of say the poor appetite, performance, frequent colic or the dull hair and coat, then you can fully suspect they've got ulcers. You, you've got two choices, go and get the scope for a definite diagnosis or look at natural ways to protect that stomach lining of the horse. So Brian, one tweak that our listeners could do is, is basically you know, making some simple diet adjustments which could have a lot of benefits sort of moving forward. So as an example, if anyone is out there feeding barley or mill run, um, corn, you know, oats is probably you know, the best of the worst, but if you're feeding any of those three or four, a product like our, our Grain Free Complete obviously is, is 35% fiber. It's only 2.9% sugar and starch. So great, great replacement for, for corn, especially, or, or, or wheat or meal run. And all you do is, you know, if you're feeding a kilogram of, of corn, you reduce the corn and you add, and you add our grain free to, to get more fiber into the diet. And that, and that mitigates the, the excess of starch. Fat, another great example. So something like the sen oil, which is, which is very high in calories, but also a cool energy source, um, great omega-3. Once again, 100 ml of oil is about 300 to 350 grams of corn. So we'll, we'll drop the corn back 300 to 350 grams. We'll add the oil at about 100 ml, and that's gonna give you the same energy as what the corn was, but you don't have the overload of, of starch. So they're, you know, they're just two very simple points of how we can reduce the starch, but yet we're not losing energy. So the horse is still gonna be running at 100%, but it's just at a much you know, safer energy in terms of not as much starch, more, more fat and fiber. Yeah, spot on, Peter. So that's your hard feed all sorted. And combining that with that foundation of 24-7 roughage, a low sugar and starch roughage, not your oat and haze, your barley haze, which you could probably uh, you could probably refer back to a podcast on our hay to see which ones are the best. And it is the road grass, grassy haze. But, but also adding loosening to the diet will also help that stomach environment. Brian, just one more point I'd like to make on a sand oil. So... Oils are not just excellent for, for the cool calories, as I mentioned, but they also soothe the stomach lining, um, and, and it's partly due to the, to the omega-3. Yeah, it's a really good part of every diet because if a horse can't get enough pasture which has omega-3 in it, then the sand oil is a fantastic quality replacement for this. Brian, one point I'd like to make as well is the importance of, of pre and probiotics. So, um, we personally advocate prebiotics and, and probiotics for horses, pretty much for horses that have got ulcers, because there are literally thousands of microbes living in the in hindgut. You know, they cannot be replaced just by a probiotic. Um, so both are really important. Prebiotics offer fermentation products that feed the bacteria, making digestion more efficient, but also more importantly, promoting B vitamin synthesis. Um, if your horse is underweight, they are especially helpful to help put that weight back on. Probiotics should also be added to replace the losses that may have occurred as the acid traveled down the gastronomical tract. 
The use of pre and probiotics for the reduction of gastric ulcer use is seen with the association of a bacteria called Helicobacter pylori or H. pylori and it's a bacteria that's associated with gastric ulcers due to its ability to survive and colonize the harsh acidic environment of the stomach and this leads to progressive inflammation and ulcerative changes so by providing pre and probiotics you're just helping colonize a better bacteria profile and then helping reduce that ulcer risk so the other strategies to help prevent gastric ulcers in the natural way is small frequent meals so at least two times a day if you can uh, three times if it's practical um, they're designed to be trickle feeders and eating and getting that roughage through them 24 7. also it's about managing your horse as a whole so taking a break from intense training in periods where you can identify physical or mental problems with the horse maybe having a reset keeping the horse well socialized as well as their, their natural pack animals so the, those environmental um, management changes can result in a less stressed horse than lowering that ulcer risk you've got also natural supplements that will help heal and protect that stomach lining but before we go into that we'll look at probably the most common treatment we see in the performance horse industry and it's the proton pump inhibitor called omeprazole it's got other trade names uh, which we probably won't mention but yeah it's that active ingredient omeprazole it's a medication to lower the acid pump function and then that decreases the acid levels in the stomach but what the latest research has found with this is there are side effects for chronic use and we're not advocating not to use these these medications but on a more acute or short term to get on top of your ulcer problem is good but there will be a strategy that we can use stomach acid is there for a reason and these medications do turn them down to give the stomach a chance to heal that unprotected lining but recent research is suggesting short-term use is fine but chronic use so daily use months on months you are heightening the risk of mineral absorption or the proper digestion of key vitamin minerals including calcium so acid in the stomach is very important also for the barrier against microorganisms and parasites so there's another angle that with further research because omeprazole has been used for a long time in the market they'll be able to see the, the, whether there's any negative effect in its long-term use with infection but what they found in recent research was and this was done by Pagan with, from Kentucky Equine Research when they treated horses with omeprazole for a period of time they measured the calcium digestibility and this was reduced by 15 to 20 percent so they concluded in the study that calcium absorption in horses was affected when administered with omeprazole and it's important to note that when there was short-term use of the omeprazole the calcium levels were not altered too much but rather the most significant effect on the calcium was long-term administration of omeprazole to exercising horses. 
I think we need to keep in mind, Brian, too, that these medications either turn off the acid-making machinery in the stomach or deactivate the existing acid, and therefore the secondary problems can result, as you just mentioned. We need to be aware that acid is important. You know, it's, it's vital. It's there for a reason. As I mentioned earlier, it helps start the protein digestion and it kills microbes that your horse is exposed to every day while eating off the ground. Um, stomach acid is a central component of your horse's immune system and long-term reduction can lead to infections, which basically means it weakens your immune system. 100%. So we're going against the horse's normal physiology and just for that aim to try and heal the ulcers. But as we've said in the start of this podcast, you can buffer that stomach acid naturally with saliva and that's what naturally I've done. But when you do turn the acid pumps down and you give the ulcers time to heal, there is another strategy if you still want to go down the omeprazole way. I think the take home message is, um, as we mentioned regularly, that prevention is better than cure. And if your horse has been diagnosed with ulcers, it's had the scope, it's you know level three, level four, 100%, you know, start on a medication ASAP. But what we're trying to advocate here is, well, once you get on top of it, if you keep feeding what you're feeding that's caused the ulcer, you're gonna to have to be treating it all its life. So it makes absolutely no sense to keep doing what you're doing because that's what's causing the problem. So this is where you need to have a, a big rethink about the diet and what's contributing to the ulcers. So you've got diet analysis that, that we offer as well, 10, 10, 11 easy questions. But let's, you know, let's try to get the diet right to stop the cause of the problem. It's a much cheaper, it's a much safer, it's, you know, it's better for your back pocket, better for your horse overall. So let's look at the diet and let's try to prevent it from, from that aspect. You know, as Brian mentioned, with, with the extra forage, the, you know, the saliva, we, we can get natural solutions to, to those problems. And as we said just before, if, if the horse still has ulcers and, and, and obviously you know, needs the, the treatment, go for the medication. But Brian will quote a study that we've just got our hands on from the Louisiana State University on the effects of, of hydrolyzed collagen on equine gastric ulcer scores and gastric juice pH in horses. Brian, do you want to just go through briefly what the findings were of that study? So in this study, they've used hydrolyzed collagen peptides along with omeprazole treatment to help lower or heal those ulcers present in the stomach at a quicker rate so on day 56 of the study they found that the hydrolyzed collagen treatment reduced the ulcer severity and actually healed them at a quicker rate than if there was no hydrolyzed collagen present in the diet so this really accelerated the healing of the ulcers and We've included hydrolyzed collagen peptides in our Sen Ulcer Protect, and it's one of the key ingredients when used with omeprazole. And then what the strategy is for trainers that are on this is, once they've gone through their first initial course of omeprazole, they take, they take the horse off this medication, but then continue the use of the Sen Ulcer Protect. And the aim is not to go back on the medications look at your overall diet and then progress there. And it's gonna be cheaper in the long run because the natural alternative is cheaper than the medication. And this, and this scientific study basically is uploaded on our website under the Ulcer Protect section. So any trainers out there that wanna go through the whole, the whole literature, it's, it's all there. Um, be mindful that these results were um, shown to have significant effect on day 56. So you will have to obviously go through close to two months with the, you know, with both supplements. 
So just be mindful that it's not going to happen overnight. But you know, this this is backing scientific data that the use of omeprazole and hydrolyzed collagen is getting much better results than just feeding you know omeprazole on its own. Yeah, and you just got to remember that all horses are different as well. So in this case, it was 56 days. It could affect them quicker. It could be longer. But yeah, just knowing your horse and and how they respond. The hydrolyzed collagen peptides really have that positive effect, not only in healing the ulcers, but in the study, it had a really good effect on the gastric pH, and it was significantly higher in the hydrolyzed collagen supplemented treated group compared to the one that just only had the meprazole treatment. That means the environment was less acidic, and then that gave the ulcers another chance to heal in, in that way. It's very well summarized, Brian. Any other points you'd like to add on, on top of what we've covered today? Yeah, so I think overall, if you get your forage right, all that foundation, your hard feeds fiber-based, not overloaded with sugars and starches, keeping that whole nutrient profile plus vitamin minerals, pre and probiotics in the diet, you're gonna lower that risk of ulcers in your horse. And we've had really good results with our Scent Ulcer Protect in the feedback we're getting. So you get horses that are scoping grade three, grade four. Two months later, we get a report back that it's one to zero. And there's always gonna be a degree of ulceration there in a performance horse due to the stresses and due to their environment and the pressure they're put put under. But if you can limit them to a score of zero, one, even maybe two, is that gonna have a significant effect of performance and you've just got to look at it at each horse's individual basis. Three and four will definitely, but then one could be a lot more manageable. As an example, Brian, before we just close, I'd like to give an example for anyone that's say gonna get a horse off the off the track or, or whether it's you know a horse that's been freighted from the other side of the country. With those numbers I quoted before with up to ninety percent of race horses and fifty to sixty percent of performance horses that's extremely high and what I'm trying to say is that any horse that you're going to get or inherit chances are it will have some some form of ulcers so if if some people didn't want to ha- go through an insurance policy and and use our ulcer protect supplement for for the 40-day cycle if you're not sure that's one way that you can do as an insurance policy if there is something that's happening there well you can get on top of it but you're also going to be mindful as you can't just do the supplement if you're not going to implement the the diet that we've mentioned as well with with the roughage and everything like that and those results that that we're getting as well with 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 those clients is you know we've they've they've worked with us to make adaptations to their diet trying to get more roughage and create more sliva so everything works basically you know in symmetry um, so look highly recommend that that this product is great for any horses that are that are in competition uh, thoroughbreds in training you know if you do have severe level three level four there is a scientific study proving the benefits of, of omeprazole and, and hydrolyzed collagen working together um, to reduce the severity of ulcers you just have to have a look at that animal that's in front of you um, and ideally if you do suspect that they have got severe ulcers probably get them scoped just so you know for sure yeah and we hope this podcast sort of shows that you can have short-term use of of the medication but long-term use the ongoing research and the studies particularly with that calcium digestibility if calcium is low in the blood the horse will get its stores from the bone so putting two and two together chronic use 
could weaken bone structure. And more research has to go into that, but if you can lower the risk first and lower the use of your medications, you're gonna save money first, and then you're gonna have a horse in a more natural state. A happier and healthier horse, basically. Yeah, 100%, Peter. So if you've got any questions, just drop us a line, whether on social media or via the phone or email. This podcast is going to be different to hindgut ulcers, which is a total another kettle of fish, and it will be a separate one because the hindgut has can be susceptible to ulcers, and that's different reasons to the gastric ulcer cause. So that's a full separate one. I think, yeah, that, that's about it. Brian, that's very well summarised, and um, I hope everyone's taking... Um, some benefit from from this podcast. We've spent a bit of time researching all this, so it, you know it has been um, a little bit overwhelming. So if you if you didn't get all the points, I strongly suggest you re, you know re-listen once or twice or three times, just so everything sinks in. Yeah, and we will probably do an updated one later this year with if there's more research that comes out, and um, keep up to date on the topic because it's such a a hot topic in the industry. So thanks everyone. We'll have another podcast to you next week. Thanks guys. Thanks. Cheers.